It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Saturday Friends Club. Uh, a cool thing where we friends get together and talk about old things that we used to like and may hurt, may, may hurt us in this present day. Um, today, we have Josh. Hi, this is weird. <laughs> we, have, we have Martin. Oh, God. <laughs> we have heart pain in my heart. We also have Sabrina, who brings joy to my heart. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean it like that, but okay. <laughs> Maybe we do need to have that HR meeting. Um, we've got Eric. Welcome to Flip World. <laughs> and, I, and I'm Mags. It's, it's very weird, ha- like, giving the keys to someone else for a little bit. Uh, it it is. How, doing, how did that feel? I, it felt good. You you had kind of you had a good like NPR kind of like smoothness to it. Like I tried uh, to give somebody like everything a little bit to sort of run in on to. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was good, and and yeah. everybody didn't like speak over each other too hard. It was. It I was think nice. it was mostly shock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's getting getting kind of giggly. But as yeah. said, like you you had kind of the good like NPR like hello and welcome to the Saturday Friends Club. You're, uh, <laughs> we are we're today uh, collecting together to talk about uh, our favorite. TV and movies. Uh, also, uh, I made some quinoa. I have some delicious quinoa. Uh, we have. Uh, Thank you. I, I appreciate the constructive criticism. I want to be better, and like I have to hear these like truths to to get better. <laughs> um, so today, Martin picked our movie. Oh yeah, Martin. Uh, go ahead. An American Tale. Five Goes West. No, the original. <laughs> All right. It's Sorry, I'm being Josh again. <laughs> Don't be Josh. <laughs> we already had the HR meeting about this. Okay? Look, but I get to sit by the board now, and it's just, I'm dizzy from the lights, and he's the first thing I see. So it's like a bird, right? Like, like the last thing we need you to be doing right now is power tripping, all right? So, Max, does that mean I should be hugging on you now? Well, there's there's Eric between us, and I feel like that would get weird. I'll, jeez, okay. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that hard about it, but I'll, okay. I'll move. Hi, welcome. I'll move. Welcome to being Max. Welcome to being Max. We're going to overthink everything. Like, just logistically, I feel like there are, there are barriers here. Now, remember, Mags, you're in control. You're in control of this situation now, so this is what ha- leading this group is like. I know, right? I'm so... I feel so much more sympathy for you than I ever have before. <laughs> All right, uh, so, so Martin, do you want to tell us a little bit about what um, An American Tale meant to you? Like, how did you... What was your first experience with this oh, movie? Oh, man. So I watched this film when I was about... Uh, don't run Nine. out of steam here. You're, no, you're, no, no, no. He's I'm, having a moment of reminiscing. That was an emotional uh, beat, Josh. You have to let stuff land. I'm just uh, can tell. I'm going to mumble into this microphone. Joshua. Yes? Hi. <laughs> Behave yourself. Listen, I've got so much free time. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> he's like, well, he, you can do it got... after the little intro okay, blip. Okay. Let Josh, him do his thing. Josh is somehow suffering from empty nest syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of empty nests, let's talk about the movie we're watching. Thank you, Max. I really You're ap- welcome. I really appreciate I'm keeping this train on track. Exactly. You are providing so us with the direction. So tell us, you were saying that you've watched this movie many times. You yes. dirtbags. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you have, to, you have to get used to like letting go. Okay. All right. All right. I am going to... You have this. I have complete faith in you. I have most mostly faith I've in you. I've learned from the best. I listened well, to a I lot of my mostly faith in you, Martin. <laughs> it's like 
I will say a good like seventy two percent faith. Do not make me call another HR meeting. <laughs> Look, we don't have time for that kind of stuff. We'd have to start paying overtime, and like it's not in the budget. Josh gives you a C minus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> an American tale. So. I watched this film as a kid with my dad um, several different times. It, I mean, it was just... I like how you watched heartwarming family films with your dad. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched Wizards with That's my aggress- <laughs> Aggressively yeah. wholesome versus what? Yeah, and I, I think the thing that got me about this film and why it means so much to me is because my family is a family of immigrants. My parents immigrated here to the United States from Argentina. And a lot of the kind of sacrifice and uncertainty and that whole turbulence of that transition is something that I can kind of have have some recognition of and also harken back to, especially in the younger days when we're you know, still trying to get ourselves settled here. And so an American tale, even though it doesn't really have that exact, you know, <clears throat> the, the exact uh, narrative intersection that it has with my own personal life, what it does have is kind of that... that uh, aspirational feeling of like going to America and thinking, you know, this is a place where we, it's a, it's a, it's a better future that we can provide for our family. It's a better place for us to be able to create something out of the desperate situation that we're escaping from. And it's also uh, something that I can kind of identify with an experience that I have internalized and that I can look back to and that I can, you know, really, um, re- that really resonates with me. And so it's, it's one of those films that even though, yes, it has some of us, yes, it has some of the, uh, some weird moments in it and some very <laughs> some really bizarre design choices it's still <laughs> it's still one of those films that just fills me up with a sense of you know uh nostalgia and warmth uh not yeah, only... i mean like it, it i think you're saying that like it uniquely held up a mirror to your experiences yeah and like it as really a little did. kid being able to see that sort of thing is yeah and is... It, 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 it i think this is not just unique to me it's unique to a lot of first generation you know uh first generation immigrants it's like it's something where you can look at and say like yeah i can i can see this film i can see my family i can relate to it and i can have some kind of essence of uh, of my identity help, uh, explained by it. And so that's that's really what it meant me. And so it's one of those films that's really near and dear to my heart. And um, I think, yeah, I, it's really just a pleasure to be able to go back and revisit it. And I... I get a little emotional when I when I when I when I see this film. I'm so sorry you brought this to us. I, I know. <clears throat> no, I I will say actually I talked to someone. I, I mentioned that we were doing this movie, and he said he also really he really liked this movie because same thing his his parents were Jewish immigrants, and so this movie really really spoke to him even even with its like weird flaws and diversions. Yeah, and I mean, and part of that has to do with the fact that it's also for kids, but still there's there's a lot of it that you can kind of look at and say and. and you know, see the immigrant, the immigrant experience of the United uh, of you know, immigrants coming to the United States and the kind of romanticized ideal of what that is and what it, that's there. Um, yeah, no, I think we had both this and Five Goes West. I know that you don't like it, but I really like movies, kid. Mm-hmm. And I, this one was really important, and it was one that our whole family sat still and watched for. My dad is a second generation immigrant himself, yeah. so like this wasn't my story, but it was. It felt like a way to connect with that family history of crossing borders and. Like seeing hope and going place and starting a new life and all of the challenges that are with that. Right, and like I was an army kid, so we did move around a lot. I yeah. don't want to like compare that to the same level of like uncertainty, but like it made sense to like it felt good to see another family that was never like that had to leave, you know. Yeah. And like obviously for different reasons, my dad was getting somewhere new. It wasn't a pogrom. <laughs> it wasn't economic <laughs> uncertainty, but like yeah. the fact that you had to leave something that you had you know your life behind to go start a new one. Um, like it was, it was really like near and dear to our hearts as a family. Josh, Sabrina, did either of you 
Yeah, I, I I had this one on VHS as well as Five of Glows <clears throat> West. I've watched both of these films many times growing up. Um, <clears throat> I remember liking them a lot, and honestly, I'm... I, but I have a feeling I probably like Five All Goes West just a little more, just because it's not as a serious tone as this one was at times. But um, no, yeah, I I liked the film growing up. Uh, it also has like it's a cute mice and they sing and they dance and there's it's cats. A song. <laughs> this great song, actually, it's full of great songs that like any when I was rewatching it and hearing the songs again, I was like, oh, I remember this song. And so that was just kind of fun because it's been so long since I've seen it. Um, I don't know if I have a, like a super great connection to the film. I just grew up watching lots of Don Bluth, period. So uh, it's yes. just part of the collection mm-hmm. of movies that I watched that were by him and enjoyed watching a lot when I was a kid. So, yeah. Yeah, and this, oddly enough, was, like, the Don Bluth movie that I remembered, like, having and watching. Yeah. Uh, I think I am very much more with Sabrina with the thing of, like, it didn't really have a huge impact with me because I am just, like, southern white guy. So (laughs) my, my, you know, background is American. Yeehaw. Um, Bang, bang. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what's my nationalism? White guy. Woo! (laughs) The best kind. Woo! Um, but also, but also (laughs) the Fievel Goes West thing is very much just like, well, that movie was kind of like nice, but depressing, but look how cute he is in a cowboy hat. (laughs) Uh, I I never saw it before this, so I'm just like, I'm going in, going in clean. Nice will be uh, interesting. You have had such a non-traditional childhood. Oh, oh really? (laughs) 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 But like. We've already watched a Don Bluth movie about about rodents. Oh yeah, no, Don Bluth has a lot of rodent movies. Anyway, all right. Uh, so I think this is this is where Josh is going to make me clap again. Well, this is this is the point that you say oh, no. we are going to now do. Well, we've we've got a big glowing button here, and you press that, and that begins our st- our musical <laughs> sting. Okay, yeah. all right. So now we're going to talk about. Oh, sorry. Uh, and now we're going to talk about Five Will Goes West. Or nope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about Five Will Goes West. And now for something completely different. Pop quiz. Good night, everybody. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about an American tale. So, uh, do you have the plot synopsis handy? I do, do you, have it handy. Do you feel yes. comfortable running us through the events of this movie in a more or less chronological order? Yes. So, as uh, as was indicated earlier, this film was directed by, produced by, Don Bluth. And, uh, the very sexy individual. <laughs> very. Made by Don Bluth. Oh. Don Bluth. He's Does very... Don Bluth know the answer to what is erotic? <laughs> I was like... about to say, if there's anybody who knows the answer to what is erotic. He's this is like... very sexy for this is animation like... fans. This is like in Don animation. Bluth, but you're t- being narrated by like Kate Mulgrew every time she gets trapped on the holodeck. <laughs> Don <laughs> Bluth is a cat. He's just he's the producer and the director. So, in any case, so where does our movie start? <laughs> yes. So, an American Tale is a 1986 American animated musical adventure family comedy drama film. Get more taglines in there. Ah, oh, yeah. 
So essentially, it tells the story of Fyfel Mouskovitz and his family as they immigrate from the Russian Imperial Russian territory of the Ukraine Kingdom. And so what ends up starting here is that we're introduced to the Mouskowitz as they're uh, celebrating, I believe it's... Um, no, no, no so, it's Hanukkah. Hanukkah, sorry. <laughs> Celebrating yeah, that, Hanukkah. Uh, <laughs> Hanukkah because they're supposed to Kronika. be <clears throat> yeah, you know, the, Those Jews that so, celebrate <laughs> Christmas. Yes. The Jews that celebrate Christmas. So, yes, yeah, so, so they're <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> Celebrating Hanukkah, and uh, Feifel and his sister are receiving gifts from their father. Hey, do you know about that guy in Nazareth? He's supposed to be real good. I don't know. He says he's the son of God, but... He's got a star above him. My son didn't have a star. What's going on with that? Also, we are not, like... We're not, like... so racist. (laughs) This movie is full of, like, the... the Thickest, most cartoonish accents possible. It is. They're not as intense. bad as the ones you're doing. Oh, yes, okay, they hold are. on a second. Some of them are. <laughs> yes. Okay, some yeah. of them are. We will. But we will we'll get, get to it. There. We will get we'll there. Get to, okay. We will can, get to it. If you can rain that bullshit in, I would okay. appreciate it. All right. I, I've, it is now rained in until the Irish show up. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway. So the celebrating, and then Feifel receives a hat that doesn't quite fit him yet, but it was a, fa- a hat that was passed down from his great grandfather to his grandfather to his father and now to him. It's a new hat that's been in the, the family for three generations. <laughs> it's a very what Papa, new hat. What Papa Mouskowitz says, which yes. is a beautiful and like optimistic way to look at things. Man, exactly. <laughs> okay, now I've got a horrible idea. It's like, it doesn't fit him, but it will fit him eventually. Uh, part of me wants to look at look for adult Fievel, but I think this Google search is going to go bad. Yeah, no, yeah, make sure, don't, make sure no. you have safe search on. Pull up. Safe search doesn't always save you. Uh, oh no so anyway is this no never mind that's an appropriate question (laughs) so anyway as they are uh celebrating and uh papa papa is telling the story of um let's see telling the story about america this beautiful promised land whoa where they where they're convinced there are no cats yes where in fact there are no cats spoiler alert well it turns out there are cats in America, but we will get to that eventually. There's your an adult Fievel. For God's <laughs> sake, Josh. Is nothing sacred. No. It's nothing not, is sacred. It's not even nude. It's just, like, it's just nice. It's, it's just too weird. sassy. Uh, it's mm. just, yeah, it's too, it's too, uh, it's too 90s, like, crossed arms. Yeah. Okay. It's anyway, too, sorry. It's too Sonic Stat Am. But <laughs> I wonder, like... I am unclear what cats are in this metaphor. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm. I would agree. I also like. I had the same thought. Like, are there no Cossacks in America? I guess that's so. But like, but there are cats in America. Whatever. Maybe it's there. I no... mean, they're mice, and cats eat mice. Yeah, they're no. Right. Yes, I understand the literal relationship. <laughs> well, what I'm questioning is the symbolic relationship. I, mean, I don't think there is a more symbolic. But is... I think there is because they're Cossack cats. Although I guess they're in Cossack uniforms, I, I, so maybe yeah. not. If I have to guess, the basis is is that there are no particular groups that ha- are have enough power to be oppressive. Yeah, Which I is a very long term to use. It is, and also I think that like it's uh uh in in, in this is the third in our uh, triplet of in the bleak midwinter, um <laughs> in the dark of the night, <laughs> in the dark of the night. Speaking of other Don Bluth movies, speaking of Rush. Uh, oh, that's such a good Russia. one though. Oh. oh, okay. Anyway, so I was thinking that like maybe the cats are supposed to represent like anti-Semitism, and then I'm like, oh wait, America, we had those racial purity ideas the Nazis cribbed from, so like. There we, may not be Nazis in America, but we have like we the also, seeds of Nazis in America. We also sorry did, guys. We also yeah. did a racism here. 
Yeah, yeah. we we look. We, we don't about, just we don't just do racism. We excel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, but we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get, get there. We'll get there. So this anyway, movie, as this movie shows very plainly. Yes. So, unfortunately, in their pleasant little town, as they are celebrating Hanukkah, there is an attack by the Cossacks and, of course, their evil cat companions. And so the uh, who the, also get very warm jackets, which I just think hats. says a lot about your priorities. Indeed. And well, hats. You. Indeed. Yes, and, some, and mustaches. Yeah, and mustaches. There's some pretty intimidating cats, I gotta say. <laughs> if I saw a cat like that, I'd be like, whoa, I'll get, I'll get out of your way. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I need to leave this town. There's not room for both of us. <laughs> so, town's being burned down. Uh, the Mouskovits are trying to escape along with all of the other mice. And uh, fortunately, they are able to, although not everyone survives. But yeah, to- let, let, Let's not be lost in the chatter that this this children's movie begins with a pogrom. Yeah, it does begin with a pogrom. which An um, anti-Jewish flame attack. Yes, it's yeah. pretty fucking brutal. But, like, this is fairly, I think, emblematic of Don Bluth movies. Like, he doesn't, he one, he doesn't shy away from, right. like, dark material and mm-hmm. scary material. Um, and like this is like he depicts hell in all dogs go to heaven, you know. So like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it's in today's way, today's children's movies. Just, I don't think this would ever pass muster. Yeah. But I think this is like I think it's brave of, and entrusting of Don Bluth to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I like that he shows scary and dark things in kids' movies because like you have to learn to self soothe somewhere. Yeah, and I think part of it is, too, is recognizing that kids are going to experience those dark and scary moments in life. Yeah, exactly. Like, coming to, like, being 12 or whatever without ever having been scared, well, then you don't know how to deal with being scared. And I think, like, it's important for kids to know about sort of the tragedies that shaped our lives and our cultures. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, it is scary, um, but I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's just. It's just. just we see it now. Like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Like, no kids' movie would start yeah. off with like a pogrom. A pogrom. Yeah. Like a poor Hanukkah, and then uh, and then a little like a literal pogrom. It's quite yeah. sudden too. It's like it, oh, it's, it's like jarring. Cute, it really is. Cute, it just, cute little fan. Like oh oh my god. Yeah. Towns burning. People. Mouse are dying. People are dying. It's intense. But anyway, so they flee. They flee, and then they end up in Germany. They go to Hamburg. But they're like, but everyone's dressed like Bavarians. Yeah, it's it's a bit odd. <laughs> this movie is filled with like weird, what I feel now are out of date, uh, <laughs> reg- yeah. cultural caricatures. Yeah, and stereotypes. Indeed, but regardless, they are there, and there is a scene essentially of uh, the Mouskovitz boarding a ship to get over to America, and of course, Fifel being the curious little mouse that he is, stopping every now and again to point out, Papa, look. It's this arbitrary thing that is totally stalling the story. And so... That's not emblematic of anything in this movie. Ah, nope, nope, not at all. But regardless, they eventually board the ship. They get onto the ship. And so on the ship we get... We are treated to um, a little bit of a... A little bit of additional uh, interactions between the family, not to mention more (laughs) Papa storytelling. And some more stereotypes. But more, more stereotypes... Um, there's, uh, quite the, uh, quite the enigmatic Italian mouse. Uh, yeah. I, I thought he was a Spaniard at first. I thought he was a Spaniard. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I looked more Spaniard, but then he said Mamma Mia, which yeah, is Italian. Right, and other Italian series. Yeah, so yeah. I think they kind of blended. They, they blended Italian and Spanish, you know. I'm sure the Spanish and the Italians were very appreciative. Josh, they I think were you had thrilled. something to say about this Irish mouse. Well, we're not. Oh, wait, no, no, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Oh, I want to, I also want to talk about him because that, that blew my mind. <laughs> 
So anyway, on the ship, uh, they're journeying through. They eventually hit a storm. And then as this uh, ship is sailing along, this massive storm is rocking the boat. And then Fife... Well, what, but we're missing the song. <sighs> all right. All right. Because there's no cats in America. Remember no, this. No, no cats, cats in America? No cats. And the streets are filled with cheese. Exactly. The streets <laughs> um, are filled, filled with cheese. With but cheese. meanwhile, while we What's detail... What's the song how- in uh, America, or West Side Story? Uh, it, this sounds like... It's right, am I the only one who in America? Uh, it sounds the same. I never like actually a, saw it. I've not, I how have you? How have I seen it? Okay, fine. All right. Okay. Never mind. How, how anyway, see, so, we, so we have the song. But we have the, the song. But there. the bizarreness of the song is the fact that it is like this happy song with like verses of bleakness. <laughs> like, this is how this person was murdered. Oh. But that's going to be great now. Because there's because no cats in America. America. <laughs> like, my mom got murdered to death. It was super sad. I'm really bummed out how that happened. What? But there's no cats in America. Like, geez, also, what? Well, this movie also exists in, I think, the same universe as Great Mouse Detective because it's one of those <laughs> things where there are mice pantomiming everything that humans around them are doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love the Great Mouse it's, Detective. It's so interesting good. the cultural transmission between rats and humans in these worlds. Yeah, I wonder yeah. what we do in those worlds. That now, there's a do. tiny mouse podcast out there somewhere. It was. <laughs> Though actually, following that logic, it's in this building here somewhere. So. Yes. Yeah. Which is actually them. somewhat interesting. That's inter- why that wall is disconnected. <laughs> it's interesting you bring up The Great Mouse Detective because it was released nearby the time that this was released. Ooh, stu- mm-hmm. Dueling and, Studios, who made the best mouse movie out. Yeah, made the best the mouse movie out. And even though it was not as like huge, cri- the, uh, the Great Mouse Detective, while it was not like a enormous success was considered to be the first start for Disney of their uh, of their renaissance. Yeah. The, yeah. the beginning seed before they made uh, The Little Mermaid, which was the big explosion of them getting back in the animation really? scene. Really? The Great Mouse Detective was before The Little Mermaid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, and Just this, barely, like two years or something like that? Yeah, uh, this was yeah, them no, getting is, back into it. I think this is, without perhaps spoiling later discussions, um, I, you can, I think there's a direct, like, well, a, an inverse, a very strong inverse relationship between, like, the quality of Disney films at the time and the quality of Don Bluth films at the time. Because, like, this is about where, like, Great Mouse Detective and this come out, not concurrently, but fairly close. And I think they're both very good movies, or, like, at least very, fairly solid. They both have problems. Um, uh, and then I think the next Don Bluth movie after this is a noticeable drop in quality, and the next Disney movie after this is a notable jump in so quality. Did, hmm. did Disney, like, finally, they had some, the black, their black magic strong enough that, that, that they still. They were able to overcome the Dark Cauldron. Yes. (laughs) Indeed. Which was their, like, Achilles heel. They are like, oh, we kind of screwed that up, didn't we? Their Waterloo. Yes. Yes. Uh, All right, so we did that. We have the What? That was like an Italian mix with Elvis? I don't know what I did there. Yeah, I don't know. It's about as culturally... You were trying to do the... That's where she... Trulalulalai. Yeah. I, like, I thought I'm it was f- a fairly, like, Irish-Irish oh, mouth, though. I'm, fir- I'm the first Irish stereotype in this movie. <laughs> not there yet. Not the last. Not there yet. <laughs> I'm not- the first, but I won't be the last. <laughs> I'm so- dressed like a leprechaun. <laughs> so, yeah, so after the song, uh, the uh, the mice are <clears throat> are uh, still journeying, journeying along on the steamer, and there is a massive thunderstorm. And so... During the uh, the course of the thunderstorm, Fievel loses all of his brain cells. He loses <laughs> all his brain cells and also loses his hat, which coincidentally holds all of his brain cells. Okay, like, he also, didn't lose a, the hat. He threw the hat and then said he lost it. 
Oh, I want to go upstairs where the storm is. Let me just throw my hat up there. Oh, hold on, Daddy. I got to go get Mom, it. Mom, I'm getting my hat. And then he throws he it. lost the hat. Sneaky little motherfucker. Yeah. Yes. Well, how old is he in this movie? Like six? He's pretty young. Yeah. He is incredibly young because we see like, like a young preteenish mouse later. And like he, he's like, ah, well, Vival's just a child. That's not his accent at all. But <laughs> oh, hi, I'm, uh, I'm Vival's dad. The, scra- the scrappiest mouse. Like, the yeah. scrappiest mouse. <laughs> Got his hair. I'll, anyway, I'll yeah, Google so image search. Regardless, so Vival is like, I'm going to deceive you because all children are sociopaths. <laughs> yes. And so through a series of unfortunate events, he's eventually. Uh, washed off the boat and into the sea, this ma- which also apparently <laughs> looks like a massive uh, sea monster is uh, actually, talking about this the ship. The animation changes a little bit in this, and I think that's actually cool. Like, you get the side view of the ship yeah. and watching, like, there's a, a, a jo- sort of a joke where, like, a cloud dumps directly on the ship, and I thought that was kind of funny. And mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know, like, it's a very Don Bluthy sort of moment. Yeah, it is. It is. Right, it's got some rotoscope backgrounds, kind of like in Secret of Nim. Yeah. Just Again, bit. things that are linking movies together we didn't yeah. expect. Mm-hmm. Secret themes. <laughs> so, in any case, Fifel finds himself separated from his family and he's washed overboard. And as he is uh, floating along, um, his uh, family, thinking that he has died, proceed along to need. And, and his dad more or less just gives up. His he sister. Really does. He's, I mean, he just recognizes that he's lost his son. And what is he going to do? He can't jump overboard. Otherwise, he loses himself too. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're so tiny, there's no way they'd be able to get back on board that ship. No way. Not he's just, that, he's not just that like, he's just dealing with it. Yeah, he he's being stiff upper lip. He's hardcore. Hard yeah, pretty. Yeah, hard fucking core. Um, I'm a mouse. I can make many more babies. <laughs> I mean, also that, the, the, the life history of the mouse is not one of longevity, but one of, like, promiscuity. But yes. of fecundity. Ah. Uh, fecundity was the better word there. I wish you'd said that sooner. <laughs> with just a I could have stopped. With just a hint of foppery and whim. But anyway, so they get to the city, and um, unfortunately, Papa is quite depressed at his loss, but they manage to uh, to get through and check in to New York to New York as refugees. I like that they show the scene of, like, they go to Ellis Island, and they're, they're, they're trying to explain their name, and the guy's like, uh, no. Yeah. Mr. Hello, Smith. Smith. I can't pronounce that. Yeah. I am Smyrna Poshnikov. Oh, hello, Mr. Smith. Yeah. Which. Papa, why am I Tiffany now? Silly. It's because Silly. we're trying to acculturate into the States. Yeah. Oh, God, how dark. Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Though Fightful, he has not actually died. He survived. Hooray! In a bottle of alcohol. An illegal immigrant the whole way. Yeah. Absolutely. He floats to New York City in a bottle, and after a pep talk from a French pension. Pigeon named Vo- Henry. Voiced by, Henry. Chris- voiced by Christopher Plummer. Hell yeah. Oh no. And they build some of the Statue of Liberty, which they show as bright copper yep. in this. Yes. Which is and it winks cool. at you. It does. It's excellent. Well, well they had to remove that feature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they had too many times. I don't know if that's Ooh. a dark statement about the promise of freedom in America. Uh, oh, <laughs> is, that, is that statue coming on to me? <laughs> <laughs> That one wasn't. I mean, it was made by the French, so. (laughs) We are a very passionate people. I love that pigeon so much. In fact, I find there's a lot of French singing birds in some of the films I grew up watching. Whoa, okay. Oh, it's another Don Bluth movie. Uh, The the bluebird in Thumbelina. Also was French. Jacques. The, he, wait, he was a swallow, wasn't he? Swallow? Oh, whatever. He was a bird. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jacques. All birds right. look the same to me. Thumbelina's the other movie it, that I want to do I, eventually. Chris, Christopher Plummer in this movie is like... And he, they both as, sing similar songs. He's yes. a pigeon. He feels like he's basically just doing like Lumiere. 
from uh, Beauty yes, and the yeah. Beast. Yes, yeah. like years before Beauty and the Beast came out. Uh, by the way, just gonna stand up for my boy Tom Bluth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because all French people are similar, right? Yes. <laughs> Although, I think, great. I'm, I'm glad this that we're a very the... positive representation of the French. Yeah, this is like, well, the French get off pretty well in this movie. It they was do. a really cute pig. Martin, yeah. look out. Look out. Ah! Sorry, is your phone showing? is off. Oh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. This is horrible, but I found like simplicity like cutouts for Fievel costumes. Yeah, I'll pa- they look like chipmunks. Jesus. Yeah, I'll pass on this one. Aww. Moving on. Moving on. org. It's so uh, good. No, it's not. So Fievel is rescued by Henri. Henri. And uh, Henri is oh. able to give him a pep top, clean him up, and help him on his journey to find his family. This is, I think, the first time that we see Fievel naked in this movie. Yes. We will see. It becomes unsettling. We will see some Does. more naked Fievel later. Don't you worry. It's a, it's an animal covered in fur. He's not naked. But he wears clothes, which implies that there's some shame to hide. Eh, it's a little kid. Little kids don't have shame. Well, <laughs> right, they're all sociopaths. Yes. Oh Previously God. discussed. And then there's another song, Never yes. Say Never Again. <laughs> Which doesn't really teach you very good ideas. <laughs> no, no, it's a terrible song. Oh, no, I mean, like, is... it's a joyous little song, but yeah. it's not like... Well, yeah, well, it's not a realistic this song. Is the, this is the difference in time. It's like, the song is a bad message, and his message is also like, no, you're in America, you can get a job. Yeah. You are six years old. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That is not far for the truth at that time. I know. Not far for no, the truth. That's it's why not... it's funny. That's why it's funny. <laughs> okay. Well, and considering the fact that the next scene is him getting dropped off and, tr- and sent to like a slave labor shop. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So right, he gets picked up by our. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, he's. I found you by... a job at this triangle shirt factory. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> he is waylaid by conman Warden T Rat, who gains his trust and then sells him to a sweatshop. I love this like little accent he's added on. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. What are you well, doing? Welcome become, to the Saturday French Club. I have become French halfway through the <laughs> recording. Oh, yes. We have dropped you off. The French are, well, some accents are just like stronger than others and will defeat yours in battle. Yes, <laughs> it really will. It really Don't will. Wait, just wait till we get to the Irish motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Philly. Hey. All right. So. <laughs> He gets dropped off at the sweatshop and even in the process of being dropped off manages to somehow pass by the Mouskovitz without being noticed. This is pass by number one. This is like really annoying. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to become a recurring theme. Well, it's like he's off. You should pause here for Josh to get him a counter number. That was number one. I counted each time they passed by. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact points, but I will give you the tally at the end. It's just odd because it's like what like they are. They go off and they have a whole life while this movie is going on. Well, I mean, what are they supposed to do? Fightful to them is dead. They have to move on. I think the movie should have been structured differently. I think, if anything, they represent what you, what immigrants had to do to survive. They represent the. We don't have a problem with experience. the Mouskowitz. Yes. We have a problem with Don Bluth. <laughs> I believe Don Bluth made some executive decisions here, which should be reconsidered. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Can we reconsider this? So, exa- so, so, uh, now so there, they pass by each other for the first time. Yes. There is an interesting point, uh, and, and we haven't mentioned this, but Steven Spielberg was part of this production as yes. well. Yes. Um, and there's a particular scene there towards the beginning of this area where it is Fievel standing outside of a classroom while lessons are being taught mm-hmm. and just kind of looking on the inside. And supposedly 
from a, a lot of this story is taken from Steven Spielberg's like grandfather because Fievel was actually the name of his grandfather. Aww. Uh, which wow, that was Steven really Spielberg, unified. Steven Spielberg's grandfather was an adorable mouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know that explains so much. And wow. they actually the the uh, as usual the production like the production house was like, eh, could you change the name for Fievel? We're really not feeling it. It seems a little bit too. Uh, I don't know. Seems Ethnic? a little bit too foreign. Too Eastern Europe. <laughs> could, could you make him Johnny? Could his name be Johnny Rat? I don't know. So, um, <laughs> but, 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 but there's so many Jewish people that are part of Hollywood. I know. What I, the hell? I don't know. Uncomfortable stereotypes. Well, there's, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, there is a just a cultural tradition of entertainers in yeah. the American Jewish community. Right. Yeah. But uh, on to the, the entire thing where there's the scene with uh, him standing outside of the, uh, of the classroom and everything. He actually said, like, no, that was how his grandfather took lessons. He wasn't allowed inside because he was Jewish. Oh, wow. my God. He just had Man. to stand outside and listen. To the le- to the lectures out from outside. So that is man. We are we are awesome st- in this country, aren't we? Steal his so education. Good. Oh so my good. god! Killing it. <laughs> there so. are no mouth or there, there are no cats in America, <laughs> but the rest of us are shit. <laughs> We're all still very racist. So in any case, we are all the cats, my friends. This is we a are. lesson. Oh. oh. We were always cats. <laughs> Look, I mean, our nation we're was founded cats. upon coming over and murdering other people. Like, we've it's, always been Our nation cats. has been yes. founded on, like, we must come to this land of freedom opportunity, but none of you else mm. after us. They, exactly. they they were singing it wrong. It's supposed to be, we Actually, are all cats in America. <laughs> <laughs> it's wall-to-wall cats in America. So I know that this is, like, the, the bleak midwinter series. Um, and I just started, like, a really bleak. Anyway. Uh, but, but so as we're watching that, and 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 uh, I should have brought this up while we were talking about the boat. But um, there was a moment where, like, I don't know. It's been really easy to be upset at being an American and being disappointed um, as an American and in America. Um, and it was just so. It felt almost alien to see, um, like that level of like hope and pride and like opportunity. In, in, in America, like, it's been so long since we've, it feels like this past <laughs> year has been so is, long since we were able to feel like that about ourselves. And that's somehow thing. jarring. And, and I, It really was. I cried a little bit, honestly. And, I, and that's the thing, too, is, like, that's what really hits home to, hits home for me on the film, because it is another reminder of that that's still here. That's like, that still goodness there. is still here. It's still good. The goodness is still there, even among all of the shit, all of the crap that has been happening in our lives and in our country as of late. There's still people that genuinely believe in the promise that this country has. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. And I think, like, it was good to see that. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I, that was... I agree. That that scene where she was, where you were hearing the lines that was written on the Statue of Liberty, like, I started tearing I, up, too. Yeah. A little, yeah, a little Yeah, weepy. just a little yeah. bit. And it was just like, oh, my God, this is what we're supposed to be. Yeah. And it that... felt good for my, like, protest-weary heart to, yeah. like, be just able in, to look in, at that. In, indulge in a little unabashed sentiment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, not examine this. Yeah, and just that, feel... That's what a real American pride is. The fact that we're, we're supposed to be this open... That's what it feels like. But yeah. some, nowadays, you can't really... Not now. <laughs> we, do, we just need to go protest out in those Fievel outfits that I found. Oh, They'll God. be great. Oh, God, no. Joshua! <laughs> All right, you so... know what? It wouldn't... Like, I wonder if that would be an effective 
or at least a newsworthy sort of like. It's like look at these five looters. How weird! Five no, 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 no. I mean, like staging, <laughs> staging like like these sort of musical numbers. There was a, like, a, 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 a I read this really great book about nonviolent protest. I know we're getting really into the weeds here, um, but they staged. Uh, pro- you weren't allowed to protest. So what uh, the folks of this town did was put up puppet protests. Like they would build scenes of protests with stuffed animals and stuff. And so in the morning, the cops would have to come and disassemble these toy protests, which like just immediately assaults the dignity of the state. But it's nonviolent. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody real gets arrested. Um, and like it was a way to start making things seem approachable. And like I wonder if like I don't know. There's a link here. Whatever. Fine. That this is sounds another. like fun. Let's. That do is it. I, I, that, like I'm in. Lamb, uh, yeah, I'm like, down. Let's all go sing. There are no cats in America. Like yeah. part of a protest. Like <laughs> Lamb Chop took a turn there. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway, back to the uh, back to the movie. So <clears throat> he escapes with Tony Tapony, three smart Italian mouse, and they join up with Bridget, an Irish mouse trying to rouse her fellow mice to fight the cats. I love that Tony's accent is so thick, and that like the woman who did his voice was like, "Oh yeah, no, that's actually just based off of one of my friends." Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah, yeah, my well, friend. That's not really Italian accent. That's more like a New Yorker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 My friend is a walking on? cartoon. Yep. My friend is a literal. Yeah. <laughs> He's a literal cartoon. It's my friend Tony the mouse. Yep. Hey! hey! My friend hey, Tony. Tony. Hey, Tony! Hey, Tony! How you doing, Tony? eight other cousins named Tony. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, Tony. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, Tony. How are you doing? Oh, doing good, this Tony! This is racist, guys. You gotta stop that. <laughs> this, is, this is, yeah. <laughs> so... I got yelled at being racist. Can't do it. All we're right. not. We're, we're not even... We're not even... We have not even gotten to the Irish. <laughs> We've not even gotten to that shit. So... They join up with Bridget, and Bridget's kind of supposed to represent the 1890s and 1920s progressive era in the U.S. where there's a lot of social activism around being able to pass labor laws, stop child labor. She's also supposed to be the pretty one. She is supposed to be the pretty one. You're shoehorned in the romantic subplot. Yes, but she also kind of speaks to that social activist progressive upswing that was going on at the time that would eventually foster into the... she, her and the older the the Madeline Kahn yeah. mouse are very like are very suffragette kind of. Oh God, yes, Madeline, is that actually Madeline Kahn? Yes. That, okay. Yeah. God, I love Madeline. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they oh, have the, suff- the suffragette kind of um of vibe. Gossi, vibe to them. Yeah. Of Gossi Monsheimer is doing the voice from. You remember that? Uh, from uh, bra- the uh, little what's it? Uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Ah. Yeah. Oh. Hello. 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 And, and it's interesting that in this... Moage. <laughs> so, in the scene, as she's trying to rouse people up, she gets them to try to say, Cats! Cats! We're not afraid of the cats! We want to be able to speak name to our oppressors! But in the process of doing so... And they fuck everything up. Well, thank... <laughs> different, different... It's alright. And so, when a gang, and a gang of them called the Mott Street Maulers attack the mouse marketplace, the immigrant mice learn that the tales of a cat-free country are not true. Because they are all cats in America. This is the second time they miss each other. Yeah. Yes, it is. Ding! So, moving along after the forced romantic subplot between Tony and uh, Bridget. Hey, I kissed you. I guess I like you a lot now. <laughs> oh no, I'm a young oh, boy giggling. mouse and you're a young girl mouse. I like, this is our life history. I like you very much. My lips <laughs> seem to have touched hey. yours. We should... 
I guess we're married now. We should do the stuff that couples do together, I think. Yeah. We should be buying a house, and I should be the one going out and drinking every night while you're raising the kids. I, I wish that's how... I like how your accent just sort of migrated. Hey, yo, don't worry. You won't be able to vote for, like, 20 years, but it's all right. His, his accent is moving, like, a 200 miles a second. <laughs> his, his, his accent vibrates at a frequency we can't hear. No, it's some accents are stronger than others, and they will take you over. Yes. Yes. You sit in a room with somebody from New Orleans long enough, and it's just a, you come out a different person. Yes. Me. And so, in any beignets. case, <laughs> in any case, give me a beignet. Yep. Bridget right. and Tom, um, enlightened to uh, Fightful's troubles, eventually bring Fightful to see Honest John. Honest Eric, John, and they literally like, name check Tammany Hall, and that delighted my little yes, nerd heart. Yes. Well, I, it was like it was Tammany Hall, and like this was this is the most stereotypy character I have seen in a kids movie in a long time, and I was like, wow, okay, I, I'm your drunk congressman. Oh, my name's Honest John. Well, like, and he's also very like boss tweed and manipulative. Like, it's very like he, calling together yeah, at a certain time yeah. and and place and, and actual corrupt human figures. Yes, and, and there is actually a little bit of historical context to this. Um, so it's part of something called the Tammany, uh, yeah, the Tam- Tammany Society, and it was a center for Democratic Republican Party politics in the city in around the early 19th century. And so um, a lot of the stuff way- you missed in history class has yes. a really great podcast. Absolutely, period. So- but like they also have some really good episodes on this specific topic. So true, you true. So you mean Marxist? <laughs> no. I wouldn't say no. No. No, Marx. This, no, no. Is, this is kind of like political machine type of deal, getting people off the boat, being able right, to... Right, and like like the hallmark of American corruption. Yes. Like the benchmark for American so corruption. <laughs> I mean, okay, there is actually a strong socialist tradition in, in, in Ireland, but it's neither here nor there. I know. Yes. I just want to get to the, the fact that this mouse is like... like this boss is, Tweed. This is, he's Boss Tweed, and it's like, if it's just like... It's so it's such an old timey stereotype. I know they're such out. I mean, it's wild. It's so it's yeah. so weird. And he's actually supposed to be a reference to New York Governor Al Smith. Um, oh, okay. And this is the uh, the oh he ran for president. Yeah, and... the 1872 Irish Catholic boss, and he was a Tammany hero that, that eventually won the Democratic presidential. Nation. He's got the drunk bubbles and everything. It's mm-hmm. like. This is this is a very And didn't he also have like a red nose? Yeah, this is yep. this is a problematic portrayal of an Irishman. Yeah. Yep. And he even kinda talks like this. Yeah, he's got yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like a weird Belfasty sort of very <laughs> yeah. strange. But yeah, so he uh, obviously the real William M. Boss tweed would go to play a huge role in um, politics and policy making Manhattan and in the leisure in Albany, but that's not here or there. So that's the kind of historical context <laughs> of the character. That this most well, it's it's like it's like a representation of a historical figure in the same way that like Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter is pretty much. <laughs> it's not authentic at all to the actual experience of the person, but well, hey, I mean, not to any fact. one person, but like to, le- to de- the- like he's- you see the first time you see him, he's at a, presiding over a funeral and writing the dead mouse's name in a book so that he can cast a, a like the little the, yeah. the entry in his journal it's, literally says like dead votes or yeah. something like very, ghost votes or something a very it, subtle very very yeah. subtle yes political machinations back in the day were uh you know it is the wall of subtle jokes it's yeah. just like <laughs> it's just like i think I'm from I'm, the, I'm from old Ireland and I'm, I'm clearly drunk because my face is red and I've got little bubbles floating and in I'm front Irish of me. And I'm quite, if you hadn't noticed, I'm quite Irish. <laughs> Delightfully so. 
Um, he's so just a dollop character. Yes. And he's so great. then this this fancy mouse lady comes in. Yes. Oh man. Uh, is she fancy, fancy mouse lady. Is she fancy? Hello. Hello. <laughs> yes. We need to hold a wowie. Yeah, a wowie. A wowie. A wowie. She talks like Caesar from from Life of Brian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she's great to find a womb. Well, she's specifically doing her character from Young Frankenstein. I, like specifically so... was had. Well, no, made. she had R's in that because she said roll in the hay. Yes. <laughs> so, in any case, uh, while all of this is going on, uh, enormous monster. Feifel's older sister <laughs> Tanya tells her gloomy parents that she's a feeling that. Fightful is still Werewolf? alive. She had like a psychic premonition. And, and probably like at this point we have like a third time that yes, they miss another, each I other. There's another crossing, yeah. Um, and so, but the parents are so caught in their own mire of sadness and depression that insist that you you learn to forget young Fightful. So, in any case, Gossie Massenheimer, the most powerful and richest mouse, uh, decided to hold a wowie. To decide what to do about the cat. What are we gonna do about these cats? It's a wowie. This, this wowie. A wowie. It's a wowie. It's. What's a wowie? So. All you wonderful people here today at the wowie. Suddenly, <laughs> <laughs> get on top of the gazebo. Yes, get on top of, on top of the gazebo, and they're basically holding this wowie to decide to what to do with the cats. There's an initial. Suggestions being flown around, lots of disagreements and fragmentation, but then our wonderful protagonist, Feifel, drawing from it a story told by his papa, brings... About the great mouse of, of Minsk. Mask, yes, Minsk. the great mouse of Minsk, with a tail that stretches as far as the eye can see. Um, with a mile long. Yes, mile long. And so the Mouskowitzes are at the Wowie. Yes, they are uh, also at the Wowie. But they are behind some bigger, fancy-ass mouses with some big-ass, fancy hats. So they yes. miss them again. Bing! Bing! <laughs> yep. I think we're at four? Four, yeah. Okay. But this brings together the, town, the mice of downtown and the mice of uptown to be able to get together and using the inspiration of the mouse of mints as a secret weapon. <laughs> so, like, this is now also some... a little bit weird because when Gossie comes in, she, uh, like, very clearly um, says something about, like, the cats don't know anything between, uh, like, rich mice and poor mice. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if the implication there is that, sh- like, this is a deal that they have, like, that they're allowed to prey on um, poor mice. Well, I think it's what, what they end up doing is they're uh, the... The richer mice are able to pay off um, the boss of the. Uh, yeah, no. So it just the felt like Maulers, it yeah. felt very sinister. And another, we're all cats in America. It it was also just like a, like the background and stuff going on. It was like oddly complicated for an otherwise very simple movie. Right again, like another movie that <laughs> picked up themes it was ill-equipped to handle. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I you pretty much nailed that because, one because <laughs> because we remember later on, like there is uh, the rat slash guy that you eventually find out is you know spoiler alert yeah. yes. uh, well yeah but uh essentially like hey come on just pay me and you this can go away and they're like no we won't pay you again yeah. yeah so in any case the plan is set and the mice take over an abandoned museum on the chelsea piers and begin constructing the secret weapon and this has some like really cool animation Mm-hmm. This is, yes. you know, yeah, it's cool stuff. Yeah, and, and they are all just building and working together. And uh, Fievel and uh, and 
t- t- whatever his name is till t- t- Tony. 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 Tony are hey. are just sleeping. Tony Scaramucci. Wait. <laughs> the mooch. <laughs> the mooch. The mooch is sleeping. Whatever. Just fine. They are. Let, let's just go on. They are just randomly elsewhere sleeping and going like, oh, this we had to add this scene because otherwise, if you had been there, you would have met your family. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the the mouse has uh Tony has a date. He yes. has to go see Chelsea, and they're late. And he's like, "Why didn't you tell me?" And I was like, "I can't tell time." Yeah, which is like very. Bitch, I can't read. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a poor immigrant. I haven't been to school. I came from Russia. Bitch, we can't afford clocks. <laughs> In any case, as they're running to try and get to uh, get to the shop, Fifel gets lost and falls down. Uh, <clears throat> falls down a sewer pipe and ends up. In the secret lair of like the the cats who the are just maulers who are like a gang. Yes, the, the, the cats maulers. who are just kind of like a nebulous bad guy gestalt. Yes. Nebulous. <laughs> <laughs> Another movie with a gestalt. Yes. Yes. So they stumble upon Warren's lair, and Warren uh, is basically the leader of this gang of uh, miss miss. Well, and this is the reveal. Yes, this is the the, the reveal. reveal. Plot point here, guys. He's, he's actually a cat. No. He's a tiny, delicate cat. Yes, he's a <laughs> tiny, worthless cat, cat. but a cat no less. Well, because he's portrayed as a rat, which are generally bigger than mice. But like, unless he's like a Norway rat, which are like these big sort of ship rats that are like nearly like a forearm's well, length long, like he has to be like the tiniest, delicatest yeah. little cat. Because they even show the, the scene where he's walking with Fievel, where he's tricking him to go to the sweatshop. He's only about twice the size of Fievel, yeah. maybe three times. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he so, like, can't... The mouse is... That's a really tiny cat. Well, right, this... It's like a munchkin, but gross. But this is also like weird. This, like, like, it's the maybe, great... he's, he, maybe he's... Maybe like, he was a runt. He's a prodigy. Where Great Mouse <laughs> Detective yes. also took place in the, the, I mean, this was that was released the same year. This is two movies that came out at the same time that are trying to make a very clear distinction between mice and rats, of which I'm sure most people don't really notice or care. And I feel like I mean, I, feel I like know we there's do. A big, there's a big difference between mice and rats, well, right? And like, like no, not like some Mickey people. Mouse, for instance, was like very clearly like they were like he's a mouse, he's not a rat, even yeah. though I think Walt Disney had rats. The yeah. world's greatest rat. So, in any so, case... So, hold on a second. I just want to double-check the dates on this movie. So, this came out in 86. Yes. Uh, does anybody know what year the Mouse Detective Because no. now I'm great curious. Okay, let's see. I'll, I'll do a search for the Mouse Detective. Pause this podcast well, let's for Let's get some few... dead air 86. Here. Oh, wow. Same so, year. Yeah. Hmm. Wild. There we go. Yeah. Uh, not since A Bug's Life and Ants has there been a movie. Well, I mean, they a, a both, dueling. They both dueling. went on to be well-known and successful, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, DreamWorks did that stupid fish movie with Will Smith around the time that Little Nemo, or Finding Nemo. No, Dream, DreamWorks and Pixar slash Disney have been doing shit like that for a really long time. And we all remember the Or they've the been bee. releasing similar movies. They've done it several times. And actually. we all remember the Bee movie. Oh, I never watched it. What was that supposed to be dueling with? That that one I don't think was dueling with anything. Itself. That <laughs> one came out by itself. Just good sense. What's yeah, the good. deal with this B movie? Oh. Uh, right, sorry. So 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 Fievel finds out that uh, Ratface is a is a cat face. Yes, is a cat. <laughs> Let me show you my face. cat face. <laughs> and in the process, and my cat is discovered. <gasps> This leads to a crazy scene where Fightful is trying to escape from the cats and all kinds of slapstick shenanigans start going through, running, trying to... 
there's a scene where he's basically running through the piano and the cats are trying to catch him, unable to catch him. And uh, they're running through this entire underground uh, complex, going through, uh, <clears throat> uh, going through little, uh, uh, little rivers and passages and everything. But unfortunately, even as Fifel is able to make his escape up right up into the sewer and begin to walk away, pants and all, he gets pulled right back in. He's caught by none other than the soft orange tabby cat named Tiger. <laughs> Dom DeLuise. Which, of course, has to be in every Dom Bluth movie. I, he, ha- he has me on retainer. <laughs> He's Clearly cute. there was some sort of, like, pact. I think, they, I think... Didn't we, did, didn't we find out when the first movie we did that they were, like, friends or something? I'm, they had no, to, I'm sure they're friends. You wouldn't work together that much with somebody you didn't like. They right? had to have been total bros. Oh, just, yeah. just broing out, making animated movies. Hey, oh, Don. Yeah. Don, I've, I've got another movie coming up. Do you still need roles this year to do your SAG thing? Yeah, okay, <laughs> great. You work with us. Don't, yeah, don't. that's great, bro. Thanks, bro. You ever wanted to, like... ever? Can you do d- that actually in a Dom DeLuise <laughs> impression? Because I want to hear that. <laughs> I guess... Oh, yeah, yeah, I could do that, bro. Don't oh, worry about it. Hey, uh, I, I get that taken care of. I don't know of. what's going on. Hey, 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 bro, have you ever thought about, like, hanging out I, with another bro? I, but... I, oh, okay. I don't think, I don't think uh, I, anyone can do Dom hey, DeLuise. Hey, bro, have you ever thought about, like, holding another bro's hand? Like, bro, what do you, what do you think, think, think about that? I don't think I've ever heard Dom DeLuise use the word bro. I mean, like, well, the, the, the joke was that I wanted to hear the bro talk in the Dom DeLuise Oh, app, okay, I missed that uh, part. impression. Ha, 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 yeah, bro. Ha. Hey, bro. All right, no, I have sincere regrets. Martin, would you please continue? <laughs> it's Barclays. quite okay. So, one tangent over. Uh, Tiger... <laughs> Tiger is uh, is the one who is uh, eventually is eventually tasked with keeping an eye on Fightful and making sure that he sits in his cage in his depressive little state as he oh, cries. That's so sad. Tears, so tears sad. of sadness of not of losing his family and not being able to be reunited with him. At this moment, Tiger feels as a fellow empath that it's his responsibility. Is he a Do you What's know? Going- <laughs> Do you do you know his like Migs, uh, Briggs Meyer? Is that what's going on over here? <laughs> we're, go, we're going full Briggs Meyer on this bitch. Well, he he said he was a vegetarian. He is a vegetarian, so that's not he, good for cats. Though he eat, he eats the fish, he eats he's, fish, so that technically makes him a pescatarian. Yes, he's a pescatarian, so he is a health conscious and mice conscious cat. Even though he's really bad, he, so he's fluffy. Fun. Okay, he's both. He fluff. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's like, I'm not letting this go. That cat is fat. <laughs> hey, guys. No, no, because I saw Five goes west. He is also fat. He's just fat, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we have this weepy cat we- overseeing this weepy mouse. And eventually they bond. And they sing a song. Ugh. Yep. A bro, a bro. <laughs> Just a bunch of bros holding hands and having good times. No. Uh, I didn't. Uh, but there it's are my two. least favorite song. Yeah, this song it's, did not click for yeah, me. It's it's a weaker one. Yeah, I still thought it was cute, though. It is, but it's not like something you're going to go sing along. Yeah. yeah. Like, as far as throwaway songs go, every time I share food with somebody, I sing the song from, like, in my head, from All Dogs Go to Heaven, you know. Miracle. The more you give, the more you get in time. We're a couple of misfits. The stiff, like, reindeer leg. Oh, boy. <laughs> 
You just had to bring it full circle, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so, holy cheer. There's still some stuck in there. I'm going to pry it loose. All right. No, no, this is the bleak midwinter series. <laughs> no, it's the winter. You get of... that shit out of here. <laughs> the winter of our anyway, discount so, tent. So, uh, eventually, after, uh, after their wonderful duo song, Fivehole races back to the pier with the cats chasing after him when Gus orders the mice to release the secret weapon. But in this, it's... there's an entire exchange here, basically, where uh, Fifel is able to escape and get in there, and then they're trying to alert all the mice that, hey, the cats are here, but they're not here exactly at 6 o'clock when the ship heading out to Hong Kong is supposed to leave. So there's this entire, there's this entire scene of them basically trying to stall the cats just until 6 a.m. so they can release the weapon on time. And there's roughly another period of time in which they miss the family again, number five. Ding, yeah. Yeah. Ding. yeah. Uh, miss the family again, and it's also at this moment where our heroic, heroic Irish uh, drunk, our heroic Irish drunk is able harsh, to stop. Harsh. Yeah, look at the Irish. <laughs> look at the Irish able Just, to stop the weapon. Quick, 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 drink. Have this potato. Kiss the Blarney Stone, and then, <laughs> then we'll save the day. Oh, excuse me, some time. I'm, I'm a very, re- I'm a very reasonable depiction of an Irishman. Oh, <laughs> Oh, by the go- by oh, Saint Potato Affair! Potato Affair! Oh, my Saint Oh, Saint Jameson, how you have. Oh, Saint Begora! Oh, no! <laughs> oh, me lucky charms! Oh, oh hearts flavor motion! Clovers oh, and blue moon! Saints of General Mills. Oh, <laughs> oh may the rose right to meet you. Yeah. Oh, sure. All right. And fuck the British. <laughs> wow, we got this out of our system, did we? It's been building this whole... Cause the movie is so just like... This is just like an old-timey, like, racist Irish character. And it's like... It's delightful in how blatant it is. It's, it's like, what? <laughs> like, and how, like, I mean, stereotypes are always out of date, obviously, right. but, like, this one's really out of date. This is, yeah, this is, this is, it was a bizarre. So, in mm. any case, oh, they were able to delay in time, but then at this exact moment, our, uh, <clears throat> our illustrious gang leader is revealed for who he actually is. <gasps> a filthy cat. A filthy cat who has been extorting the mice. A delicate cat. <laughs> a a deli- tiny child. Radigan's a catigan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who said what? And so, as the mice, <clears throat> as the mice prepare for the final secret unveiling of the secret weapon, it becomes time. The order is sent. Release the secret weapon. Release the rotoscope nightmare. <laughs> Dude, I love the giant mouse of mince. It was like, whoa, okay. Yes, it comes out. The doors are open and blasted apart as the massive. Mouse of mints. It's terrifying. It's huge. They and built fireworks. They it's built got, like a war machine. They basically built a war. Yes. Okay. They basically built a war machine, and I mean, this thing is firing off fireworks at the cats, ex- making like large explosions all over the goddamn place. I mean, it is a war zone down there. But I, I would say overall, I think the last act of the movie kind of dragged. Well, we'll get there. Yeah, they missed themselves again. That's number yeah. six. Ding. Ding! Yes. And so... I love how that's getting better every time. 
So good work, good teamwork, good good teamwork. <laughs> good job, guys. So the mouse, so the basically the giant mouse of Minsk is able to chase the cats all the way down throughout the course of the pier as the mouse are bailing out right at the last moment to be able to uh, to be able to ensure that the mouse that the giant. <clears throat> Master Miz chases them all the way into the ship. Yeah, they're very concerned that we don't want to just chase the m- rat, the cats into the water. We want specifically to uh, chase them out of the country. On to, yes. yeah, like you know, in an ironic to twist. Hong Kong to Hong Kong. Oh, you want to get deported? Deport I don't know you. that it's an ironic twist. I don't know if the movie is self-aware enough of that. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. No. Right. Also, like, how many nativists saw this movie and were like, "Hey, yeah, yeah no, I'm... I think that's what immigrants are actually like." Yeah, yeah. make America cat again. <laughs> we're all cats in America. America. <laughs> yes, and so another tramp steamer bound for Hong Kong picks up all of the cats of the gang onto its anchor, and their boss reassures them, "Oh, don't worry, plenty of mice in Hong Kong." Probably true. Probably true. Probably true. And our little, uh, the little cockroach who happens to be um, the, the accountant, which he's is like, like what? he's like an evil Jiminy Cricket. Yes, basically. Right, but like I, I think he, like he has some sort of brain disorder because like he gets electric shocks. Yeah. For no explained he's, reason. He's like no. an ex, he's an X Men. Yeah. No, he's like he reminds me of Batty. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I can see that. And Rain Gully. Yeah. So he gets excited to be able to actually count money in Chinese. And then he starts counting, and I don't know if he's speaking Mandarin or can't. Like, I think that would be a nice touch, but I, I only speak English. I wonder if it's correct, yeah. So, the mice are successful. Huzzah! Hooray! Errol, the day is saved. <gasps> However, for a poor fifle, a pile of leaking kerosene keens have created a torch lying on the ground <laughs> to purn the pier. And oh, the right. mice the fire. flee when the fire department arrived to extinguish it. And this, we didn't explain this earlier, but basically one of the things that Fightful does to be able to push the machine out into the pier is that he takes a match directly and uh, brings that flame up to the rope that was uh, anchoring the weapon into right, the Right, so like the, the, the machine got released a little bit early, so they tied it all back together, and yeah. then they're like, release it, and they were like struggling with scissors, and then Fightful was like, burn it! Yeah, and so Fightful basically burned it, and then as the rope was released after the... So Fightful is creating what would be in modern money millions of dollars of property damage. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Incredibly important economic area. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's Just tragic. Just to kick out, what, six cats? Well, it wasn't six cats. I mean, ultimately, being close to like 20, 25 cats. Oh, no, it's all cats in America. These are all, all, all of the cats right there. Right, right. All of the cats in New York. All the cats in New York that are not domesticated. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, well, in that metaphor, what is that? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand even how effective this was for the money we put into it, which feels like, was this the graft all along? <laughs> Temp- just, to make, just to make a mouse war machine? <laughs> well, like, so... To make a cool model? Right, so they got to, like, make a thing, and, like, Honest John looks really good, and he's provided jobs for these new immigrants, which is very Boss Tweed in Tammany Hall. Was this the grift all along? I think so. <laughs> I, you'll have to watch the next movie to find out. Oh, no. So, in any case, there is a, uh, there is a fire that breaks out at the old museum, and the mice are forced to flee. Fortunately... The city's fire department, which was only recently established, actually, at the time. And at this point, I think it's still actually just fire companies who will yeah. fight each other yes. to fight fires. They will yeah. literally, which they is will beautiful, literally... and I want a, like, a, a dramatized miniseries of this. Oh, yes. I would be so down for that. I that am would 100%. Be HBO, if you're listening, and I assume that you are. Please. I, I actually I, make I, this a thing. I want, you know, it should be Cinemax, because I want whoever made the Nick to make that. It would be so... <laughs> it should so... be a bunch of, like, shirtless firemen covered... Wait, sorry. No, that no, the, the, the Nick is the weird... It, it's made by Cinemax. Max, but it is not like sexy at all. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
It was just like the network that picked it up. <laughs> so during the fire, Feifel is once again separated from his family and ends up at an orphanage. This <sighs> buddy. This is a sad scene. He's just like, I give up. It's fine. They're never going to kind me. I don't care about them. We already I have Fievel. Fievel learns about nihilism. Yep. Fievel learns about, like... If they like, cared about me, they would have come to find me already. But it's, the emotional climax of the movie already happened. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, <laughs> sitting there. He's just like, I think I'm going to get really into early Lincoln Park. <laughs> I think I'm going to take up film criticism. I think I'm going to go on a walk on the boulevard of broken dreams. <laughs> I think I'm going to listen to Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> So, in any case, Papa and Tanya <clears throat> and the rest of the crew are out looking for him. And Papa, ever true to his Russian-Jewish roots, is playing his violin in order to... That's the thing that we didn't mention, is that every time Fievel hears a violin, he thinks it must be his father. Yes. Which is what led him down the hole that sent him to the, like... One, there was the one where he was in the phonograph. Yes. He scared a bunch of ladies, because ladies don't like mice. And then right, there but was... also, how could you... Confuse the timber of a violin that's literally this small enough to fit a mouse. He's and a the, kid. He doesn't know the right, difference. But like the pitch of that would be like mice hear differently. And then like a real violin. <laughs> like just son. Whatever. Sorry. Look, you know, this is Dobbler's magic. Okay. Uh, unseen magic. Unseen is the fact that his father just kills that violin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just. <laughs> the secret is that it's an electric violin. It's, He's got an effects pedal to bring the pitch it's down. It's the space right. violin from Starship. Hi Troopers. Voltaire. How are you doing today? <laughs> and so, this is also where Papa Antonio over here, Bridget and Tony, calling out to Fievel, and Papa is sure there might be another Fievel somewhere, and he comes up with all of these different possible excuses of how it could not possibly be Fievel, but eventually he finds out that his son is actually alive by discovering his hat. The hat that was gifted to him. Oh, shit. His three generations new hat. Yes. <laughs> his brand new his, old hat. His name is Fievel, and it's Philly. Con considering mice only live about two to three years, yep. though, that's pretty. That's still a probably pretty new hat. Mm. Pretty impressive. Yes. <laughs> this this is from my grandfather and my grandfather and my grandfather. We bought it seven years ago. <laughs> Joined by Gussie, Tiger allows them to ride him in a final effort to find Fievel, and. They find him! After seven goddamn attempts. Ding! Bing. And this is leads to one of the most touching moments of the film where Fightful and the father embrace they oh. burst out in total tears. Every time! Every freaking time. It's so t And so, the journey ends when Henry begins to take everyone to see his newly completed project, the Statue of Liberty. I took a dump on the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Look at it! It's precious! I am a French pigeon that came from France. This is how I connect with my birth country. Would you like to see all my lady pigeons? <laughs> he has several lady pigeons. He They're has, very cute. He they has, are. He is, come on, I mean, be fair. He is Christopher Plummer. Yeah. He has a haram. Yeah. Come on. Never say never. Never say never when you have three other ladies. <laughs> So, that's how pigeons roll, by the way. Never say never when you have three chicks at the same time. Um, because male pigeons are called bulls and female pigeons are called hens. Yes. Or no, wait, what do they call female pigeons? I, I have no idea. I'm not a pigeon fancy. I call them mademoiselles. <laughs> You're but not? I know, I know they call the males bulls. And when you see them like corralling their their ladies, they puff up really large and they just go. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's, so, it's just so weird. 
see watching them do it. Like if you're ever in the city, just look for pigeons. You'll find one all puffed up like this and just going oh, 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 around a bunch of girls. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, that's usually yeah. So basically, the movie ends as the uh, Statue of Liberty appears to smile and wink at Fivela Tanya, telling them, "Welcome home to America." And of course, the mask of its new life in the U.S. And that's the end of the film. That is, and that's the story of America. <laughs> and that's We're how all it cats happened. In America. Allah, until they go west. Oh boy. Well, I mean, are they still not? I mean, they're still cats because they're there are, I assume, native mice that live there that mm-hmm. they're gonna dehome. Yeah, because that's that's the that's the American tradition. Yes, of course. That's what happens when you go west. <laughs> Genocide. I think there's actually native mice in Five Goes West. There oh boy. I, mean, oh. I want to say I bet, they're incredibly racist. I, I bet also. that is a very culturally sensitive re- representation. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to follow up with that film. Uh, one thing I did want to say is that uh, I I looked at some of the history of the people that did this movie. Will Ryan, who did the voice of Digit the Little uh, Cockroach, mm. also did the voice for Petrie! Oh. It's from The Land Before Time. Oh, okay. It's been a while. I don't remember the characters' Petrie. names. Petrie. Yeah, and Sabrina was just like, that's not Petrie! Wait, no, wait, no. I'm thinking about Ducky. Mm. Also, mm. another fun fact. Um, the Amer- American Tale was jointly produced by Blue Sullivan, uh, by Blue Sullivan's Blue Spielberg's Emblem and Human. And actually, the film itself was critical to DreamWorks' success and um, and and to their survival through a rather difficult uh, business period. They might DreamWorks might not be the current company that it is without the success yeah, no, of American uh, Tale. American Tale was, I think, the highest-grossing um, animated film at the time. Mm-hmm. And so. The company had just non-Disney. Made, excuse yeah. me, the highest-grossing non-Disney animated film at the time. Yes, yes. and so after the success of the film, um, the uh, <clears throat> the success of the film, along that with Land Before Time, spurred Spielberg to open an animation branch of the business called Amblimation. Uh, the company made just three movies before Spielberg, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and David Geffen. Uh, formed DreamWorks, and most of the Amblimation employees were brought over as a main source feeding DreamWorks animation division. The first movie they tackled was, of all things. Oh, that's a good one. Man, I have not seen that one. Yeah, so it only cost not only $9 million to make this movie, and it's gotten a return of $84 million. Wow. Which, in, in the in film industry... Well, I mean, 86 $9 million is not like a... That's not a small movie. No, no it's not, but it, it's 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 made almost nine times its... its uh, over nine times it's such a bad. Right, wow. exactly. So well, it is heartwarming. Yeah, it's a profound success. So, great film. Nothing that I could say say wrong about it, aside from what we've already talked about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's it's good. It's just like, I don't know, I've just found that overall, like, the, thir- the, the last third of the movie, I thought, just meandered too much. Yeah, it, it, like, and also there's some places where, like, the animation is clearly cheap quality. Yes, it's, like, yeah. it sometimes is great, and other times is not good. Right, and, like, I think if it were one or the other, I think I'd, I'd be able to live with it, but the fact that sometimes you get, like, these close-up shots <laughs> that are, like, really well animated, and then you pull back ever so slightly, or, uh, like, something, the like, camera angle changes, and then there's a huge drop in quality, and, like, it's incredibly noticeable as an adult with skills of discerning. <laughs> um, discerning eyes. Discerning eyes. <laughs> Uh, like, the songs in this aren't great. Like, uh, I, as a little kid, for whatever reason, loved the song Fivel and his sister sing together. Somewhere out there. Somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Like, my brother and my sister and I would all sing it together sometimes. Um, uh, well, that's, that's very wholesome. <laughs> well, and again... I know, I, you've heard some stories. It's one of the weirdly wholesome things about my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, I mean, that's the thing. The, the, 
the songs that are in the film work for the purpose of the narrative and they also work for the purpose of the experience. And, you know, as kids, those of us who have seen the yeah, film... Yeah, I know, but I feel like this is... It's it's like one of my favorites of mm-hmm. Don Bluth's, but I feel like it's a, a it's it it is clearly marking the descent of Don Bluth as um an anim- like I don't know as an animator as a movie maker I'm not sure what exactly maybe as a bit of a director I think like maybe but that doesn't necessarily explain like the quality change in the animation because that's a team issue and I'm I don't know like auteur theory has its place but i don't think like especially in animation like a director is important but there's a lot of stuff here that like he couldn't have done alone and like i don't know how much of that was a decline in the studio or decline in revenue or some combination of all of them or like i'm sure it's reflective of a complex situation because that's how life is but like the difference between this and like nim is stark yeah Mm -hmm. that's true you know it is i think nim is also just i think narratively clearer and straight more straightforward and just like but N- Nim Nim was also not like a traditionally produced film. People took time out of their own lives right. without pay to work on this film, to work on that film specifically. Like American Tale was when they were actually like given a certain amount of money to work on at certain times. Right. So that I mean, Nim was basically a pet project that a lot of them deeply believed in. At okay, the time. Right, right. So, so I think that's the difference. Here is the legacy of Don Bluth as listed online. Uh, starting with two small shorts that he had, The Small One and Banjo the Woodpile Cat. <clears throat> Just two TV shorts in the 70s. Then, 1982, The Secret of Nim. 1983, Dragon's Lair. 1983, Space Ace. The, the, the Space Dragon's Lair. Yes. Uh, 1986, American Tale. 1988, Land Before Time. 1989, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Still... Never, never heard of it. <laughs> wow. Then we start getting down the hole that I think this originally has. The, the, the quality hole that we start hitting. Dragon's Lair 2, Time Warp, Rockadoodle, Thumbelina, A Troll in Central Park. Pebble and the Penguin. Are Thumbelina and a Troll in Central Park were good ones. No, Thumbelina is hot garbage. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I loved that movie as a kid, but I rewatched it like in the last decade, and that movie is terrible. I Future haven't rewatched episode. it that it's recently. Your episode. <laughs> Sounds like we gotta watch that. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, and like it's very clearly Don Blues trying to catch up on the princess. Anyway, anyway, no, I think there's a lot of really good things to say about it, and we should maybe sit and watch it together. So, okay. a troll okay. in Central Park, the Pebble and the Penguin, which I recall as a kid finding that annoying. Oh, I never saw a kid. That yeah, I think I saw it like on TV. It's like just catch the goddamn pebble. This uh, is not a compelling narrative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anastasia, which is still oh, beautiful. Anastasia a weird, is amazing. A, a weird mm. blip of a good movie. How about another weird blip? Bartok the Magnificent. Oh, that what? was a that was a spinoff of Anastasia. Okay, uh, then the other weird one. Titan AE. Oh boy. Um, I've never actually seen that. I, I liked that Titan AE. Titan AE was good. It's just I wanted I, liked, I remember wanting to go see that with my dad. I liked Treasure Planet. I like Treasure Planet and I like Titan AE. I like them both. Are you only able to like one? Is there something no, you'd hear I, I, that I no, don't know just, about? They're, they're two space There's, movies yeah, that are similar. similar yeah. So I was just like, oh, space I also pirates. like Yay. No, it's Treasure Planet is I have I have some particular reasons for and why I think that's a really, a really cool movie. But anyway. So this is Bluth. This is I think this is Bluth still riding high. There's some there's some problems. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some problematic representations of certain groups. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. To say yeah. the very least. But we're not Pebble but, at a Penguin right now. No, 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 no. No, no. But it's a still, very, very offensive movie. It's still a great film. I, I also feel like it's just, it's, it's in of its time where we still, as America, thought it was okay to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I don't think any of these are malicious. No, no yeah. it's just it's just like, but that doesn't mean that they're not bad. Yeah, I'm right. not saying they're not bad. Yeah. I'm just saying it's a representative of the time that it was made. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's where the culture was at the time. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Like if I'm they did, if he did that like now, then lots of people would be on yeah, him. Like, this how is, dare you? This is an era when like we thought eugenics were cool. So, mm. mm. 1985. No, I was talking about the era of the movie is set. Okay, yeah. 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 Like, these people aren't good at all because they're just not the right race. That's the Irish for you. And that was the one of the prime exports for social Darwinism. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, thank you, Robert Spencer. <laughs> this is just like uh, a... Uh, yes, yeah, so this this is an odd, like, the, the, the stereotypes are not as blatant as some recent, I guess, some previous Disney movies. Or, but it's like it's it's very like, yeah. guys, just you really need to we really need to pull off pull out of here. Yeah, but in any case, it's still it's still a movie that's near and dear to my heart, and it's one that almost always brings a bit of a tear down. And it also guilt trips me a little bit in these parents. <laughs> and tell him how much I love him. I had a dream that I was washed off of a ship and then I was rescued by. I by had like a dream a... I was a dumb mouse. Mom and Dad, if you if we were just lost and you looked for me, would you find me after the first, second, third, <laughs> fourth, fifth, Enter sixth, your... or seventh? Your... Could you pick me out of a crowd? <laughs> <laughs> would you know what I look like or possibly how I sound? Dad, do you have a cool hat I could wear? <laughs> Do you know any songs? Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Because my dad did actually give me one of his old Kangol hats Ooh. in Aww. high school. And I wore that for about three to four years. It was kind of like a defining part of my identity. And so that's actually kind of also a direct uh, linkage to the is film. This an, is this an autobiography? It's not an autobiography. But it is It is something that is just another thing that I remember. So whenever I look at that Kangol that's now hanging in my closet... I kind of think back fondly. Aww. I mean, my my dad gave me a seal hat that his dad gave to him. Did but he? Oh, never he mind. He gave it to me af- like, after I was too big to wear it because it was a kid size hat. Aww. Aww. So you were the anti fival You were like the reverse fival of like, I can't put this on my head. I also, still also, have that like, hat, though. Your grandfather clubbed a seal to death to make this hat. No. <laughs> oh, no. no. My grandfather Somebody did else not did. personally do it. This was, yes. My this grandfather was... didn't murder any seals. He just paid people to murder yeah, seals because yeah, yeah. my grandfather was stationed in Alaska at one uh, point okay. uh, so I'm pretty sure he got it when he was up there it was a roadkill seal hey, yo, we don't oh. know how this, this was, seal went down this, is like, this, this is like, was before it was illegal to own seal skin so technically me having that is a little weird because you can't find shit like that right. anymore yeah. Yeah. For, unless you live up there hey I think. don't worry about it I somehow, yeah, I, yeah. But if you want to know what it feels like to pet a seal, come by, I will show you my hat. (laughs) If you want to know what it feels like to to pet a seal. (laughs) Meanwhile, seal's like, this is very lovely. This is very awkward. How did you get into my house? (laughs) Is it a Patreon reward? Is like, come to Sabrina's house and you can pet pet a hat. (laughs) 
<laughs> As you're singing, there are no cats <laughs> in America. And then, and, then, and then Red's there, you're like, no, it was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, final thoughts. Um... I personally was like kind of lukewarm on it overall. I definitely, I, I it's get It's not the, bad. It's not bad, but I'm not like enthused about it. Uh, nostalgia um, constitutes a lot of what I really like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's just sort of all the hallmarks of I think like a like a lot of Don Bluth movies are complicated, right? Like they have complex scenes, they have trying circumstances, they have like character growth moments, but like. Fievel never grows. Like I don't even know how to describe Fievel's character. He has no real arc. No. Right, like uh, Plucky maybe. <laughs> like moves forward, has inertia. You know, and that's <laughs> like, a character. He's, he's pretty young, so I right, feel like Right, but like I understand that like in his world this makes sense, but like for Don Bluth and his writing team to create this character and build a movie around this character is like it's unsatisfying is what I'm saying. It mm. totally makes sense this six year old doesn't have a fully defined character. They're barely like <laughs> that brain just like mush. Skull Papa, still soft. Papa, why do I not have more narrative development? <laughs> <laughs> Papa, Papa, please explain to me free will. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's um Jeez. Um, right, so like I like it's, it's a movie I have a lot of warm feelings about, but it's not something that like I feel as confident that it's just goddamn it a good movie as I was before I watched it again. Mm-hmm. Sabrina, sorry, you were saying. Oh, I was about to say if you want to think about it in Mouse series, he's probably maybe just a couple weeks old. I know, terrifying. Right? Well, so how long the ship, the journey is like two or three, <laughs> two or three months long. Like, that's a significant part of his life. Yeah, yeah. He's, they, they, that's the one thing that doesn't make sense. Should, like by the time comes you reach America, boat, he's like he should father. be an adult. <laughs> he, no, he lands and he has a family when he gets there. <laughs> he has his own family. <laughs> That, that should have been American this Tale 1.5. Son of... Son of Junior? Yes. <laughs> the father, I have passed the hat on. Father, I, I, I need father, more... Father, I met a nice lady mouse. I need more hats. Papa, I need... I knocked up a ma- lady mouse, and now I have 800 children. <laughs> I've become Irish. Now he's all reasons. those... Papa, now, papa. Now he's all those five adultium images I pulled up earlier. No! Oh. no. He has, he has 800 babies with the, the Irish lady mouse, and they're all like, oh, no, Papa. We all have this accent now. Oh, no, Papa. Papa, we away from the potato family. We've chosen to take our cultural identity from our mother. We're going to we be believe in Irish relation. Irish relation. Josh, what did you have to say? Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, that boat gets to America, and they're just like, turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> send it send it back out. That is too oh. many Irish it's mice. The <laughs> Josh. It's a little too late. Never Josh, mind. do you have feelings about this movie? They're all going to become Finians. Oh, God. Quick <laughs> <laughs> invade Canada. Uh, Josh, uh, what do you have to say? It's, um, I, you know what? It's right. It's, of all the things we've watched, this is like right. Just like, yeah, this is what I remember. This was a series of moving images. Yeah. <laughs> it was. This was a plot. Like, I was equally just like, what I remembered of the movie was the fact that, like, I enjoyed some of the songs and that it was bleak in weird ways and that the entire plot line frustrated me in the number of times they passed each other and just did not find each other. And like, oh, yeah, yeah, everything is exactly as I remembered. Even as a kid, I was like, just turn around! They're right there! 
Hey, look over there, dummies. Yeah. So. yeah. Turn to the left like six degrees. <laughs> like, look to, to up. Be, Just look up. To be fair, as far, as, far as emotional impact, uh, Land Before Time had a much oh, more boy. emotional impact for me because he loses, I mean, little foot. Uh, Spoilers? Spoiler alert yeah. for this movie from like 1987. <laughs> and this happens the this thing that Sabrina is working her way up to saying happens in like the first 12 minutes. <laughs> literally, literally, he he loses his mom. She gets bambied with And not like, like loses her in a crowd, to be clear. Because no. I know that's the standard we've okay, set. Just this... loses her in a blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The most ninety story ever told. Uh. Mom, where's mom? Where? Oh, she's over here in the romance section. <laughs> I don't, hold on a second. You couldn't lose her in the blockbuster because they're long necks. Like she would just have to like. Oh, yeah, This movie would have been a lot shorter if it had been late before time. <laughs> where's my son? I cannot find my. Oh, I found my son. So okay. Over oh, there. Somewhere. It's just the adult the, re- the fact that it takes place in a blockbuster. Like, just <laughs> makes <laughs> Oh, my God. Please uh. stop. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because we all know, like, blockbuster was a maze. Like, it was a nightmare maze of, like... I remember being young, and you're walking around, and all the shelves are like this level, and you're just like walking around, walking around, <laughs> trying to find the movie I want to watch. Over, over there, there. in Somewhere the action. Over. Oh, it's over there. It's actually, it's actually, yeah. Oh, wait, I can see him. <laughs> Help me. I'm hiding in the popcorn. <laughs> We're a duo. <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, it's just you two on that yeah. one. <laughs> well, I mean, ironically, no, nobody, nobody else is allowed to sing. Yeah. It just breaks it exactly. Um, but yeah, it was what I remember it like. It, if would I say like show this to a kid? Eh, if you like, like I think it's fine. I do think it has a. I mean, it is dark, but I don't think there's anything wrong with showing something to a kid that's not a, like saccharine sweet, goddamn Frozen all the time. Yeah, no, this is. I'd say this is. Uh, this hits a pretty good spot of like it deals with issues, but it it, it keeps it. It's not. It's not overly overly dark or anything. I think this is. I think this is a fine film for kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. I Martin, just, do you have any? Oh, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say. I got, Seeker of Nim is better, and also yeah. great, great Mouse Detective is also better. Never. Yeah, American Martin, Tales do you have any closing comments? Um, I think the only closing comment that I have at this point, this film represented like one of one of those meaningful life family, life, yeah, life family uh, immigrants. Uh, like it was experience. a narrative that you, especially in kids' movies, you don't get to see a lot. Yeah, it's. I guess that's the way of putting it. It really is one of those. Uh, one of those experiences that I felt growing up and that I was able to see put onto a film in a kind of charming and meaningful way and it's something that I really enjoyed and can think back to fondly. And every time that I watch that film, even when I feel like I'm in a dark place in life, I can see it and then I can think fondly of like the, of the promise that my parents wanted to provide to us and that they in turn did and the better life that we have here now. And I think... You know, still having something to hold on to that romantic ideal of like what America could be, what it has the potential to be, is something that's important to have. And so that's that to me is kind of why it resonates so much, even yeah. if it's you know not the perfect film, maybe you know and has its issues. It still has that element. And yeah. Yeah. well, thank you, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. <laughs>
Now, uh, let me inform you of a travesty about this movie. No! No, here's the travesty. It is a it is like at a sixty some odd percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which okay, all right, that's fine. Metacritic thirty eight. Wow, that seems really harsh. Yeah, that's really harsh. Holy hell! So the reason is it's only got seven reviews. Oh, six of them are mixed at fifty percent, and one of them is thirty percent. Man, wow! I'm gonna find that thirty percent guy, and I'm gonna yeah. Los it's Angeles not, Times. I'm gonna, Charles Simone. I'm Solomon. gonna get. It's I'm, not. I'm like, gonna find you, Charles. I'm gonna get the mice of Tammany Hall. We're coming for oh. your ass. All right, wow. you, are, are you ready for some for this no, quote? No, let let's not. Let's not. I'm I, curious I love, about that personally, but I don't want right, to tarnish. Here, yeah. here, I'll just give you this one quote from them, so you know that you have an enemy for life. <laughs> but Walk. rarely has so much animated opulence been wasted on such a thin badly told story it's it's that, that's that's really harsh it's <sighs> not that bad yeah it's not I'm gonna that fi- bad i'm gonna find you charles you're gonna be in so much trouble charles solomon we're calling for you you know who else we're coming for uh that will that be sabrina's pick <gasps> what your your pick for next episode Oh, the flight of dragons. Yes, we're flying off to Dragonland. Hopefully, flying off hopefully to a re- less bleak month for February. Well, but we're continuing the theme of fantasy animated films. Hope. So we'll see how well this one holds up. Hopefully, oh God, no, Sabrina, please don't do this to me. My heart hurts. Hopefully, no, please uh, tell me there are no Nazis in your yes, movie. There hopefully, are... no Nazis, please. Okay, I'm pretty sure there are no Nazis, but it's been a really long time since I've seen the film, so I'm not promising you anything. I cannot neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know things are bad. You know so things are bad. Nazis. You know things are bad when we have to... Uh, we can't even be assured that the films that we remembered as kids did or did not have Nazis. I mean, I just know that there are dragons, people. Okay? And then that's, after, all, that's all I can give you. And then after that, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Let's yeah. just keep this going. Oh, I was going to say, like, I knew I... not recall, I knew I watched Indiana Jones as a kid, and that movie, that movie had Nazis in it in the best possible way. <laughs> and now, what do we need to feel about the potato famine? <laughs> But we, but we, I actually was not. Uh, Indiana Jones was not one of the ones that I was going to pick. But uh, we can, we can figure out. Um, we'll do that. But Sabrina's got her Flight of Dragons, which will and be next episode. You have to pick one, and then we have a special guest. We may have a special guest, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how, th- how things transpire over the next few episodes. Uh, but for right now, we are uh, we are awesome with where we are. Um, and thank you for listening to this long episode of uh, of American Tale. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and do this. You can go over to satfriendsclub.com, also at satfriendsclub on Twitter to find that, and also find all of our Twitter accounts as listed inside of there. Uh, let's go ahead and do some Patreon love. Let me just click over here. On the right machine. All right. And let's go ahead and give some love out to our lovely, lovely Patreon people. Who are our American heroes for today. Absolutely. Uh, And you can find over at patreon.com slash satfriendsclub. That'll be item crafting, Redea, Phoenician, Francis, and Dan. Thank all five of you for uh, submitting across and helping out on that. Yay. America. Heck yeah. Happy people that are Americans or wherever they're from, which is a fine place, I'm sure. We are a cultural melting pot. So all are welcome. Yep. Uh, and uh, we will go ahead and catch you next time for more Saturday Friends fun. Uh, and we will, uh, we love all of you. Yep. All right. Sleep well, everyone. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> Mwah. <laughs>